Welcome to I Am, I Have, brought to you by Happiful Magazine and Counselling Directory. Today we're joined by psychotherapist, author and host of The Therapy Edit, the brilliant Anna Martha. Anna shares personal insights as well as professional expertise around the subject of self-compassion, comparison and managing all that comes with it and navigating life as a new mum. But before we start today's episode, we'd love to invite you to find out more about our very own Happiful magazine, our listener offers and the latest news from our guests. Head over to happiful.com forward slash I am, I have for more. Now, back to Anna. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. And if you do, please spread the word. Today's guest expert and friend of Happiful is the wonderful psychotherapist, host of the Therapy Edit podcast and author of Mind Over Mother, Know Your Worth, and now the little book of calm for new mums, Anna Martha. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming back on. We love talking to you. We love following you on Instagram. We love your podcast, The Therapy Edit. Beautiful 10-minute nuggets of amazing advice, and I'm sure you're going to be giving us much more today. But let's start with you, because if anyone's listening to this who hasn't heard from you before, can you tell them a bit about you and what you think they should know about the work you do? I am and I'm a mum of three. I live in Surrey. Um, I'm just looking at the trees outside my house at the moment. It's such a privilege. I just love walking. Walking is my thing. It's one of those things in the pandemic that I have kept and held on to as a tool. And that's what I do really. I share, I share tools. I share thoughts. I used to work in a really kind of classical therapy settings of kind of GP surgeries and private practices and kind of clinic rooms with two chairs set up. But now I I came upon Instagram when I had my second child, had a really rough, bumpy journey with postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, felt completely de-skilled thinking I have all the tools and all the knowledge. Why can I not help myself? But then I had to remember that a heart surgeon cannot do their own heart surgery. Sometimes we can't see the wood for the trees and that is okay. And I had to find compassion for myself and I had to really fight that kind of perfectionist drive that is so deep within me. Again, those are the things that when I work with clients and I, and I coach moms and I do talks, it's, it's a lot of it is just about encouraging people to find some compassion for themselves to I think acknowledge that margin for humanness that I think can so easily get edged out when we're just driving and driven and striving and wanting to do well and wanting to parent well and wanting to work well and you know we kind of just overlook our humanness and our limited resources and the fact that we're messy and we've got rough edges and dark corners and we're not alone in that so I guess that you know it's my own story but also my therapeutic knowledge those are the things that I share through the work that I do whether I do podcasts whether I'm writing an article writing a book it's it's that message really and helping people really integrate that into their lives through different tools and little light bulb moments are my favorite things they really are little light bulb moments and we were talking before we came on the podcast about one of your episodes I'd been listening to about weathering the storm and I had a mini storm of my internet going completely and it was so brilliant because 
I could recall what you've been talking about is just sometimes it will pass it will Mm. pass we just have to be in this moment and your personal experiences as well as your expertise as you you mentioned before it's so valuable and you've shared it really kindly in three books now so I mentioned them at the beginning Mm. Mind Over Mother Know Your Worth and now this gorgeous book The Little Book of Calm for New Mums tell us about this book and and why you wanted to write it and what you hope it will bring to people. Yeah, so it came out of a really chaotic afternoon where I was on my own with the kids as I often am doing their dinner and I just felt utterly depleted. And I think we all know that feeling where we're just standing there and thinking, oh my goodness, whatever is going on in front of me, I just do not know. I haven't got the resources. I haven't got the capacity. I'm depleted. I'm tired. How am I going to make it through this? I, I found myself thinking, you know, I just, I wish someone could just step in and mother me. I Mm. wish someone could just step in and be kind to me and encouraging to me. And of course, I was on my own. So I was thinking, which mate could I send a a ranty WhatsApp message to who I know that would send some words of kind of just comfort and solidarity back. And then I, I had this idea thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could write down all the words in response to all of the different emotions that we often feel? And yeah, the words that I'd say to a friend or the words that I would love to hear or the words I would say to a client if they were sat on my big blue sofa. So that's really what I did. And I wrote down loads of different emotions from kind of overwhelm, baby blues, exhaustion, resentment, comparison, anger, boredom. And I've just written some words that kind of reframe it in a way that brings a bit of self-compassion into it. Because I think we can judge ourselves so harshly for emotions. You know, I might feel bored and then I then suddenly I get a wave of guilt like how dare I feel bored like this is everything I ever wanted you know I love my children so I shouldn't feel this way and we can just heap kind of that self-judgment and guilt uh, kind of just gets layered on it so it's it's just kind of lifting that off really um, and letting uh, encouraging people to let the feelings be find some compassion for yourself instead of criticism and yeah so you kind of just flick you don't read it all the way through over in it kind of tired tired eyes and busy minds so you just pick whatever page you need so yeah it's like a little pep talk and that's one of the things that I love about it the most is it is possible to pick it up and read a bit if your attention is being pulled in lots of different ways and you have just two minutes for yourself it's fantastic to to dive in and just it's like a really clever friend (laughs) giving you that hug and good strong information at the same time that you can put into action and you were saying earlier on about you know this margin for humanness that really rings true for me and I know that our listeners and our readers will get that too we can often be so much more compassionate for other people than we are to ourselves mm. is that something you find with the new mums and the mums and the parents that you talk to yeah absolutely I think we do find it so so much easier to extend that compassion to other people but I think it's also because we see our behind the scenes like someone might say something nice to me but I know that I sniped at my husband that morning I shouted at the kids I know that I was a bit rude you know in my mind I thought something rude about that driver I know my that I'm a bit of a mess inside I know that I'm human I know so it kind of almost we don't have the shine on ourselves we know we know what we're like but I think you know it's it's then so much easier to be compassionate towards other people because we don't see that or we assume that that's not there because we don't see it or they don't have thoughts like that or if they're nice then they're nice through and through and I think often we can be quite critical towards ourselves and 
and we treat ourselves accordingly you know it's it's hard to it's hard to be compassionate towards yourself sometimes when you know all the bits that are wrong it's just much easier it's much easier to be nice to other people it's much easier to be nice to nice people and we don't always feel nice ourselves so that's so true you know I think that idea that we have the kind of back of house view of ourselves as well and we we almost believe that other people don't have that they don't have the grumpy days which is why sharing experiences and lived experiences is so important and that kind of comparison is something that we're going to talk about today that's going to be our subject comparison because you know the saying goes that it's a thief of all joy but also it's it's really insidious isn't it it's yeah. it's so tough that comparison so can you talk a bit about firstly maybe how comparison turns up in your own life yeah I think it turns up in so many different areas of my life and it's a constant dialogue I have to have with myself and if I don't have a dialogue with myself then it can just run riot really and and I think it's worth saying that comparison in and of itself it's kind of like a, a self-protective force like we're there you know if we see someone else and we compare it you know perhaps we are doing something wrong perhaps we could be doing something better perhaps we can um, look at someone else's situation we get that we compare it to ours and we get that kind of you know that envy that says I want to be doing that and then it drives us forward and it motivates us and it encourages us to maybe go after that for ourselves if it's something good and actually if you look back kind of back to caveman days there is you know it, it keeps people safe because you might think, well, I'm not strong. I'm not as strong as that person. So that person's the person to do the hunting and gathering job, you know, and it's about kind of assessing ability so that everyone's kind of doing the right thing in the right place, using their, their own resources and their strengths. There are good things about comparison, but I think so often it becomes problematic because, and this is something I really struggle with, is I quickly use that difference between me and someone else to make a statement about myself. So say that I've had a really rough morning with the kids and I've not responded in a way that I feel particularly proud of. And then I go shopping and I see a mum just being so patient with her tantruming toddler. And I, you know, what happens in my brain is very, very quick. She's a better mum than me. I'm a rubbish mum. I'm, I'm a failure. And, you know, suddenly in that split second I have made two incredibly powerful statements about myself I'm a rubbish mum I'm a failure I mean can you imagine saying those to someone else can you imagine going up to a mum and saying you're a rubbish mum you are a failure and it all it almost makes me feel tearful to think how I would feel if someone came up to me and said that or or, or what it might be like just to go up to a mum and say those things to her and see the look in her face as she tries to kind of register what's being said and the power in those words. And I think that's where it's really problematic for me is that, you know, our hearts hear the words that our minds speak, you know, and we can do these in the silence of our mind in, in a split second and our heart hears it. And it's like, a, you know, it's like a punch. It's like an emotional punch. And there's a little version of us. And I'm always thinking there's like a little Anna inside of me. We've all got a little version of us inside of us that is like sometimes the vulnerable one, you know, that oh, I'm scared or this is new and I'm scared or I just wish someone could comfort me. Like as I was talking about when I was in the kitchen, I just felt young in that minute and I just wanted someone to come and, and look after me and help me. And, and it's that part of us that's a bit cheeky. And sometimes thinks, oh, you know, what if I didn't do that? What if I said no? What if I just ran away from this situation? So there's this young us inside. And I think I think we have to be so aware that 
that when we speak these words to ourselves, when we create these statements out of just snapshot, that's impacting us. There's a little us inside that is taking that punch that is like winded by that. And when we keep saying that to ourselves and we keep just creating these statements of you're not good enough at that, you need to try harder, um, you know, you could have done that better. Look at that person. They're winning. What the heck are you playing at? You know, this is bullying. That's bullying language, isn't it? Absolutely. So I think, absolutely. Like, what would it do to my children if I spoke to them like that? You know, what would it do to their self-esteem? What would it do to their understanding of their worth? And I think we, we're having a crisis of self-esteem and confidence. And I think so much of that is that our brains are hardwired to believe what we see. So when we're scrolling through social media and we're getting all these snapshots of people's lives, our brains believe that that is the full picture. And if we're not doing that work where that little coachy voice or that little mothering voice comes into our head and goes, come on, you know that that's just a tiny little bit of it. Come on. You know, this isn't a statement about who you are. Like they've got their messy bits. They've got their humanness. You just can't see it in this one thing. Um, and I think one of the most powerful realizations that I've had about comparison is how aggressive it is, not just to yourself. And this is where it gets really like, oh my gosh, it's, it's aggressive towards other people because you are distilling that person down to that one picture or that one aspect of their character. You know, it's almost like dehumanizing. So if I, if I look well, like sometimes I have my makeup on and I look all quite well put together because I'm doing a work thing or just, or it makes me feel good and say, you know, I might have mum say to me, oh gosh, you look, I just look so scruffy today. I'm such, and you think, well, that's, that's one element of who you are. And that's one element of who I am. And if we use that as a tool to compare ourselves to, we're ignoring the rest of who they are, the rest of who we are. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's almost dehumanizing. And I find that really hard because it's one thing being mean to myself. But as soon as I start realizing, actually, when I'm comparing myself to someone else, I'm distilling that person down the entirety of who they are and all the wonderful, amazing chaos and mess of of, of who they are into this one thing and I'm using that to compare myself to we were talking about light bulb moments earlier on and that for me is quite a light bulb moment because actually in terms of dehumanizing people and not giving them the full kind of spectrum of human behaviors and we're, we're putting people in this kind of flat view of this is who you are compared to me and also the idea of that little part inside of us being wounded and winded by when we have those kind of flash moments when we say very mean things about ourselves it's really it's really awful to think about it's it's almost painful like you said earlier on it's almost painful to think that we would put that on ourselves and obviously that's really really harmful and you talked about the fact that we make very split decisions or very split judgments so if you're talking about meeting someone in the street and seeing how they're parenting and making a comparison I can only think about how much our brain is going through as we mm. scroll through Instagram or social media can you say anything about that and how social media can kind of amp up that judgment and comparison when we're feeling vulnerable we look outside of ourselves to tell us who we are and how we're doing don't we when we're feeling strong and confident in ourselves we we can we we kind of know that I'm doing all right I'm doing all right and that's the ground that I am standing upon everyone else is doing their thing and they might be thriving in that area just surviving in that area and, and I'm okay I I'm comfortable with that I'm not going to look too much into anything but when we're tired 
that it's harder to access that little coachy voice or that little grounding voice that says come on Anna like all is not how it seems we know that come on put the phone down this is you know it's just one tiny little piece of someone's story someone could look at my story you know where however it's communicated in a little picture or a 15 second Instagram story and think that I've got it together but I know the truth I know the truth behind the scenes and behind the other you know the, the rest of the thousands of seconds in that day and I think the more tired we are the more depleted we are the more low we're feeling, if our self-esteem's nudged down a little bit lower, it's harder to have those conversations with ourselves, isn't it? And especially, I think, in motherhood, there's a lot of, you're often feeling a bit depleted. So, so therefore, those, those little moments are going to happen more often. They're going to be harder to navigate, harder to rationalize, and they're more likely to impact impact us a bit more yeah absolutely and you mentioned motherhood there and this is obviously the little book of calm for new mums let's talk about being a new mum and comparison because being a new mum you're experiencing so much you can be so tired and then comparison on top of that can you share a bit perhaps for someone who needs to know that they're not alone in that feeling Mm. or perhaps for someone who doesn't have children who's trying to support a friend who's become a new mum what does it feel like in that moment that comparison when you're trying to navigate a new situation it can be so easy to look outside of yourself for confirmation that you're doing a good job or not because like when I became a new mum I didn't I remember literally bringing the baby home from the hospital putting the car seat on the floor and looking at it and being like what do we do now like I I don't actually know how I've never done this before. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to feel competent in situations that are completely and utterly alien to us. So of course, we're going to look outside of ourselves to try and navigate and work out whether we're doing it right or not. Um, so I think that that's what makes, you know, parents really vulnerable to comparison is that we all feel pressure to look like we know what we're doing when actually the reality is is that why should we completely know what we're doing and we can read all the books but ultimately there are always going to be tiny and big decisions each day that you're you just you just want to get it right you just want to get it right um so I think that's why it's so common and for someone looking in I think it's just it's it's the importance of recognizing the pressure that you're putting on yourself to know what you don't know and what you shouldn't like how would you know and I think once we remove that pressure we can start seeking really valuable sources of of information so once I I remember having a child with reflux and I, I I didn't know what the heck was going on so I just assumed it was my fault but if I had just taken the pressure off myself to get it right I might have been able to have some more conversations with family members and friends about what might be going on what do they think and I, and I think we're so bombarded with different perspectives and opinions and information and knowledge can be power, but we're so often overwhelmed by it. So we kind of lose the value of our own voice as well and our own confidence in ourselves and the confidence to try and to maybe, you know, trial and error, get it wrong. It doesn't matter. Some, you know, sometimes it does matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter. So I think it's, you know, if you're supporting someone who's obviously really struggling with that comparison, looking outside of themselves and making statements about how they're mothering due to what they see I think it's just about just regrounding them and what do you think what do you feel you know you're just trying you take some of the pressure off yourself to know all of this but yeah it can just be really stifling and really confidence battering 
course and there's so much going on in those first weeks and then first years and it's also a joyful time for the people around you you know having a baby but that can obviously bring with it its own pressures can't it of people Mm -hmm. wanting to be in your sphere while you're you're trying to work everything out and perhaps friends that you've been to NCT classes with might be already doing those kind of things and and you're not. Is there any way that you can pace yourself when it comes to supposed milestones and comparing yourself with other mums? I think it's knowing that there is always a, again, it's like the margin. I love a margin, a margin for humanness and a margin for normal. And actually, I think when we're comparing ourselves, we're creating what we believe is normal from what we're seeing, when actually the margin for normal is often so much bigger than that. You know, you might you might be hitting a certain milestone or you might see other children hitting certain milestones at the age of yours. And you think, oh, my goodness, there's something wrong with my child or I'm not doing it right or I'm not teaching them well. And actually, when you when you go and speak to a professional, you know, they're not worried at all. You know, they're not worried because actually that that margin is so much bigger than what you're seeing in your small sample size of a few so I think that's a really important one is knowing that the margin for normal is is far bigger than what we think and I think that's one for life as well isn't it you know the margin for normal is so bigger than what we think and and asking yourself sometimes when you're comparing yourself to others and then assuming that actually you're doing it wrong somehow ask yourself were you worried are you worried are you actually are you actually worried about that thing? Because it might be that you hadn't had that sense of concern before you'd seen what other people were or weren't doing. Yes. Yeah. And then I think the other one is, you know, someone else's decision doesn't necessarily mean that yours is wrong. And I think that's again, it's that margin for actually there are many decisions. And as long as things as long as no one's hurting anyone. Why, why is it not okay to do things differently? Why is it not all right for something to be okay for you and not for someone else? So I think it's, you know, it's that recognition is when are you noticing that someone else's decision, you're making a statement and reflecting on your own decision and then thinking, well, that mine must be wrong. Then I must be wrong then because I'm not doing that or I haven't chosen to do it that way. So I think it's just becoming really mindful of when you're making these statements based on what other people are doing and just turning back to yourself and thinking what do I feel about this am I was I concerned about this am I actually happy is this working for me was this a problem before I noticed that someone else was doing it differently and is it hurting anyone those are really key questions aren't they and the the concept of turning back to yourself you know just tapping into what do I think because I think sometimes it's so easy to be led by what we're seeing and and assume that everybody else's thoughts are better than ours but who knows our own circumstances our own child our own feelings our own house our own relationships better than we do there's so much nuance around it and and one other thing I just wanted to talk to you about I know from our happyful readers who have had babies and who have children one of the things that they have said can be a struggle is the quiet hours so perhaps when they've got up to feed in the night and they can't get back to sleep or or perhaps they're up early, um, they're not able to sleep. There's something going on when when the rest of the world mm. feels quite still apart from you. And social media can be a great thing to turn to because it feels like a, a kind of company. But also it's it's times when the kind of, I call it the fear, you know, that, that kind of fear can just dial up a notch because when everything is blanketed, your thoughts can feel a bit louder. Mm. Would you have any advice for that kind of comparison? And I guess it would be loneliness. 
I've learned that I can feel lonely even when I'm surrounded by people, Mm. you know, even when I'm surrounded by people that I know and love and I know love me too, you know, we can still feel lonely in those situations. And I think often it's, it's not always about being on your own. It's about, it's about maybe in that moment you're noticing that actually you're just feeling disconnected. You know, you're feeling disconnected perhaps from yourself. And I think we can do is we just scroll and we're scrolling, looking through other people's lives and it's so addictive and we just, we just do it because it's, it, you know, it, it helps with feelings of boredom and it can help with feelings of loneliness, but actually sometimes it can just even further that sense of disconnection. When you're witnessing other people's connections, you're seeing maybe their friendships, their, their families, their life experiences, and it can just find you feeling really disconnected from yourself. And I think it's again just no just reminding yourself of that that's only just one of the small one one little picture of it all and how what are you feeling disconnected from like is it is it friendships is it relationships is it experiences have you pulled away a little bit perhaps have you been honest and open with people because really that that sense of connection comes from vulnerability and that can be really scary for people you know I found that so hard many times many years of my life that connection requires vulnerability and and I think it's just that encouragement that then in your waking days or as you sit there at night and you think actually I'm just feeling really lonely I'm feeling really disconnected am I feeling disconnected from myself am I perhaps overlooking my emotions ignoring my needs like where am I in all of this motherhood stuff you know maybe maybe how can I re-engage in myself a little bit somehow could I be reading something at this hour that actually really interests me or something that makes me smile you know could I be thinking which which friend do I want to connect with this week can I schedule in a phone call it's, it's mad but sometimes we do have to schedule in phone calls we have to schedule in time to connect it just doesn't happen organically as much in motherhood so maybe thinking about right tomorrow morning I'm going to message that friend that I haven't spoken to in six weeks and I know that I can be honest with her like I, I'm going to seek that connection that will help with this loneliness if it if loneliness comes from that disconnection so I think it's just yeah it's thinking if loneliness equals disconnection, where do I need that connection? What might it be like to open up a little bit more, perhaps to some of the new friends that I'm making, go beyond the I'm okay, just test it, test the waters. We don't have to rip off the bandaid. It might just be that someone asks you if you're right and you think, okay, I'm going to test the waters. Oh, I'm just really tired. We have a lot of issues at home with sleep and I feel a bit helpless with it all, to be honest, see how they respond. You know, and if they respond, I would say kindly, warmly, then maybe next time you say a little bit more and slowly you're kind of, you know, you're pushing that little barrier of, of vulnerability and you're connecting and that can really help. And I think connection sounds like the absolute antidote as well yeah. to that comparison, because you get to if you connect with someone, you get to understand their back of house as well, if yeah. you like. Yeah. And there are some amazing things that. I think we'll take away from this podcast. The big one for me is turning back to yourself and asking those questions. You know, how do I feel about that? What do I think? What do I need? Rather than looking outwards to other people, your margin for humanness, I think that is something that I'm just going to keep on remembering that kind of, you know, and also the margin for normalcy. We we kind of project it to be something that perhaps it isn't. It's much, much broader than that. Is there anything else you wanted to say on comparison and stopping it in its tracks before we finish today's podcast? I think always starting from that place of compassion. 
you know, when you when when you notice yourself comparing, and especially with what I've said, I think about how it it kind of dehumanizes people. You know, we can just be annoyed with ourselves. We can think, oh my gosh, like, why am I doing this? We can judge ourselves, you know. But actually, to approach that with compassion, because as soon as we start shaming ourselves for feelings, we're going to get stuck in it. We can't move anywhere when we feel guilty and ashamed. You know, we can't we can't shift and and challenge and change things so compassion always because when we compare ourselves that is always coming from a place of vulnerability that is always that little you inside going but am I doing a good job you know am I am I doing enough am I good enough am I acceptable you know there's it's that it's always coming from that that place of vulnerability of needing that reassurance of needing that yeah I'm doing okay or oh no I'm not I need to try harder so always approach it always approach these feelings with compassion and then I think just asking your question you know asking yourselves those those questions am I feeling vulnerable to comparison right now do I need to perhaps put some boundaries around where I'm seeking information or how much I'm you know turning to social media am I making statements about who I am because of what I'm, you know, how I'm kind of computing the data that I am getting from, from that comparison. And and what would it be like to say those words to someone that I care about? You know, how might I change that? And I think making the statements, turning them into facts. So I might say, right, I, I'm a failure because I lost it this morning with the kids. I'm, I am a failure, massive statement. What if I was to say, oh, I failed at responding how I wanted to this morning you know you're you're taking it from a statement about the entirety of who you are to a factual yeah okay I failed this morning in responding how in a way that I'm proud of instead of a shaming I am just stating a fact and then I'm more likely to think right what do I need oh my gosh I just needed I need some space and quiet how can I get that you know so we're more likely to start acknowledging the need behind it when we don't shame ourselves and we don't make those big statements so i think those are a few little things that i hope might help but know that we all do it and actually it's wired into us to keep us safe as well to keep us assessing it's just when that turns into something damaging in big and little ways this has been really wonderful personally helpful I have to say as well which is one of the reasons I love talking to you and doing this podcast is all of these gems and in terms of self-compassion there's an immediate self-compassion when I start to think about a little Lucy inside that's just going is this all right is this going okay I think that is such a good thing if we can only kind of stop and think about that younger self or that smaller self inside you can't fail but but feel a bit of compassion for yourself and tell everyone where they can find you online and also about your new book again yay so I'm on Instagram as Anna Martha A-N-N-A-M-A-T-H-U-R and I've got a platform called the mother mind way which is the mothermindway.com or the mother mind way on Instagram and there I've got loads of resources like videos courses downloadables on everything from like health anxiety overwhelm mum guilt and they're all 12 pounds now um, and then the book is the little book of calm for new mums it's kind of it, all the usual the usual places that you find your books so thank you oh Anna thank you we love talking to you thank you so much for coming back on have pleasure and a privilege thank you Lucy thank you for listening to I am I have 
don't forget to head over to happyfood.com forward slash I am, I have to find out more and watch videos of our podcasts. You can also download our free app, which provides information about mental health and wellbeing professionals, as well as peer support groups. And if you're in need of immediate help, please call Samaritans on 116123 or email joe at samaritans.org. That's 116123 or email joe at samaritans.org 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Help is available. This podcast has been produced and hosted by me, Lucy Donoghue for Happiful. We hope you'll listen again soon.